Welcome back to another week of the Tyson Pre-Show. I am so excited you decided to join me this week. We have an excellent, excellent topic that I'm going to talk about. It actually comes from a question that I had in social media. So I'm going to leave that there uh, as a teaser, if you will. But I want to say thank you for listening to this show. If you're listening to this show, would you rate it? Would you uh, not only rate it, but leave comments on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on. Listen, I want to thank you and your future self wants to thank you for digging this foxhole right now and fighting the war you get to fight to be a better person for your destiny. I'm excited to be your foxhole buddy this week and every week to help you fight back against the complacency and the apathy that so wants to set into our lives to cause us to become weaker and less than what we're capable of being. But to do that, we have to guard our heart because from our heart come the decisions that we make in life. That's what King Solomon says in Proverbs 4.23. And so, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for digging that trench, taking life by the horns and being disciplined to do what you know you need to do. I want to offer you a one-on-one complimentary coaching session where I can powerfully help you identify your blind spots by asking you the hard questions that no one else will ask so you can stand on the mountain of your destiny and own it. If that's what you want, that's what I'm going to help you do. So email me, Tyson at TysonPriest.com. And just say that you mentioned this show. I'm sorry, I just mentioned that you listened to this show. And I will give you a free one-on-one coaching session. If you're interested in being surrounded by a group of people that are coaching each other up and helping, helping each other in life, I do have a mastermind group where all of us will bring our experience, our knowledge, our networking abilities and bring them to bear for you and the war you're fighting to fulfill your destiny and do what you know you're called to do. That is a group of people that come together once a week and we fight for one another. We encourage and pat each other on the back and we open up our networks, our knowledge and our experiences to make each other better, to make our businesses better and to make our lives better as a whole. Well, what was that question that I saw on social media that spawned this week's topic. Someone asked on their social media platform, they said they wanted uh, to make changes. They, they knew that it was time to begin to make changes in their life. They need to, whether it be a better person or change a relationship, you know, where, where do they start? Where do they start? And the way I read the question was that I think they wanted to know how can they create better habits and take more action in the day to get more accomplished as a result than feeling more accomplished, right? Because if you listen to the show for any amount of time, you know, we don't wait until we feel like it. We just do it and get it done. And so they asked that question. They asked, you know, I want to make changes. Where do I 
start. And I just typed in three words, left it at that. I typed, get up earlier. That's it. Get up earlier. Now, (laughs) I know some of you right now are probably getting ready to shut this podcast off. You're going, "Um, now, is this podcast about getting up earlier? Hang with me. It is. But hang with me for a minute. I want to, uh, I want to read to you from Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, talking about Jesus. It says, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Did you catch that? Okay, so Jesus gets up. It's still dark outside. The sun has not come up. He leaves the house. He gets away from everybody. And he goes and he prays. Now, I don't know about you, but I would love in every way possible to be like Jesus. I know I won't be, but that's a standard. That's a standard for all of us. And if Jesus, from a physical standpoint, is getting up before the sun comes up and getting away from people to be in solitude, I wonder how important it is for you and I to do the very same thing. You know, George Washington prayed no less than four hours a day. No less than four hours a day. He spent no less than two hours in the morning praying before everybody else got up. George Washington got up at four o'clock and prayed from four a.m. until six a.m. And then we have on record, he prayed from nine p.m. until eleven p.m. And then he would go to bed at eleven, wake up at four, and then pray from four to six, and then pray again from nine to eleven. In fact, in his uh, diaries, there's even accounts where they had guests over. And the guests would be there around nine o'clock and George Washington would leave his guests in the living room with his wife. And he'd say, okay, well, you can go ahead and entertain them, dear. I'm going to go pray. And so if there were even guests or even we have records of even if there were family at George Washington's house, he would leave them at 9 p.m. and go pray for two hours. Nothing interrupted his two hours of prayer in the evening. Nothing interrupted his prayer of two hours in the morning from four to six. And so you start noticing a pattern when you look at people's lives, people with great success, right? You start looking at their lives and you start noticing something about their lives. Almost all of these people get up early. And so I want to encourage you. I'm going to go through this show and explain to you how I handle my mornings because it's so important that you have a good morning to have a good day. The problem is maybe this sounds familiar, right? You hit the snooze a few times before you know it, you're late, you're rushing, you rush into the shower, you rush out, you rush, maybe you probably don't even grab anything for breakfast. You've got uh, maybe the Keurig going and you grab the coffee and you rush out. Or then you are speeding to work with all the other crazies. Or you get up just in time to log into your computer, put on a decent shirt, 
nobody's going to smell your breath, so you don't have to brush your teeth. Isn't that gross? <laughs> and you don't brush your teeth. You just throw on a shirt and you sit at the desk and you're sitting in your pajama bottoms, right? We rush. We wait to the last minute to do things. And then we wonder why they go haywire. Prior proper planning prevents poor performance. That was ingrained in me in high school by one of my teachers slash football coaches. Prior proper planning prevents poor performance. It's called the six P's. You have to prepare if you're going to do well. And an early morning helps you prepare for the rest of the day. You say, but Tyson, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to get these hours. Where are these hours going to come from? I need my sleep. I understand that. Most of us need sleep. I mean, that's part of being human. But let's think about this for a minute. In a, in a recent Nielsen survey, this is interesting, that Americans spend six hours a day watching video. Notice I did not say TV. In a Nielsen survey that also do the Nielsen ratings of TV shows, the Nielsen survey found that Americans spend six hours watching video. That video could include TV, YouTube, reels on social media, etc. Six hours a day you spend watching video, some, some form of video. Now that study broke it down. It breaks it down by about four hours and 45 minutes of TV and streaming, 46 minutes of gaming or internet or watching video on some internet connected device. And then the remainder is on your phone or some other device. So essentially by the time you add up all the video watching you do in a day, it's six, it's about six hours. It's four hours and 45 minutes of TV and streaming, 46 minutes of gaming on a console or watching something on an internet connected device. And then also the remainder of that time is then on your phone. Think about this for a minute. If you took of those six hours, if you just took one hour, shaved it off and went to bed one hour earlier and added that hour onto the next day, how much more could you get accomplished in the morning? Or what if you shaved off two hours? Because let, let's be honest, that hour or those two hours, they're not productive. For the vast majority of people, the last hour of the day or the last two hours of the day are not productive for the vast majority of people. Why? Because we're sitting on our butts watching TV. We're not being productive. But Tyson, I know I'm resting and it isn't resting. Isn't resting like important? Yeah, go to sleep. You need sleep. We can talk about rest on another show. Rest is important and it has a place in your day and it has a place in your life. But I'm talking specifically you and me wasting time watching video and being non-productive with our lives right? So take an hour or two hours of, un, of your unproductive day and shift it to the next morning. It's a pretty simple concept, honestly, right? Or consider this, when it comes to uh, social networking, 45 minutes, we spend an average of 45 minutes a day social 
networking. Social networking. Do we really need to spend 45 minutes a day just typing stuff in on social networking? So if you add the six hours plus the 45 minutes of social networking, you have six hours and 45 minutes out of your day. That's almost an entire work day if you consider an eight-hour work day. That's almost an entire work day that we're not being productive. And then we want to know why we can't get our act together. Look, I'm not, look, I'm preaching to the choir here. So don't think I'm coming at you. I'm talking to myself as well. I'm guilty of this. I've just started the ball rolling last year of saying, look, I'm wasting an hour watching TV and not being productive, or I'm wasting two hours watching TV. I'm not being productive. I'm going to take those two hours and shift them to the next morning and just go ahead and go to bed. And I'm going to get up earlier, right? I'm going to get up earlier. And successful people do this. This is, sure, there are outlying people that sleep in and work late. I get it. There's always an outlier. But for the vast majority of people, you can seize the day and accomplish more in the morning when you're by yourself like Jesus was and get more done. Okay, let's look at this. Genesis uh, 19.27. Now Abraham arose early in the morning and went to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Abraham arose early. And in the Hebrew, that literally means like before the sun gets up. Who's Abraham? Well, Abraham is is, um, just, you know, like the father of, of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Who is Abraham? Abraham, by today's standards, was likely uh, close to to being a billionaire by today's standards. Who's Abraham? Abraham has influenced almost everyone in some way in today's world. How long ago did Abraham live? 5,000 years ago or so? So consider, here's a man called Abraham who gets up early in the morning, who gets after it, who gets with God. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be Abraham and still be impacting people 5,000 years from now. What I am saying is if you want to get stuff done, get up. Here's another one. How about this? In Joshua 3.1, then Joshua rose early in the morning. Then Joshua arose early in the morning. Guess what? That's before the sun gets up. That's before everything else begins to wake up. Because why? What happens? Well, when other people begin to wake up, everybody starts stealing your time. Now, that's a whole different topic (laughs) of letting other people steal your time. But you know, like I do, you need the time alone to yourself. And the best way to get that is to get up early in the morning. In fact, Benjamin Franklin said the early morning has gold in its mouth. And I'm here to tell you, I have found that is so true. The early morning has gold in its mouth, says Benjamin Franklin. So what do you do? You say, okay, Tyson, I need to get up early. I see it. I see it in Jesus, Joshua, Abraham, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin. All of these people have have done this and getting up early in the morning. But how do I construct my morning for it to be effective? Hey, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to spend the rest of this show sharing with you how I construct my morning to be productive so that when the rest of the day comes, 
I am knocking it out of the park. So what do I do when I get up early? Okay. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Number one, when I get up, number one, I go work out for no less than 20 minutes. I spend 20 minutes working out. If I can't get to the gym, then I spend 20 minutes. I'll do 100 push-ups, 75 sit-ups. I'll, I'll do jumping jacks, whatever. I will just keep going. <clears throat> my goal is to get my heart rate up, get the blood flowing, get the blood pumping. It's kind of like when it's winter out and the car is cold. <clears throat> you know, if you just go and start your car and drive off and it's, say, zero degrees outside. Now, for those of you listening in parts of the world where it doesn't reach zero degrees, don't worry about this. But in the parts of the world where it reaches zero degrees, if you just start your car up and drive off, you are damaging the engine. You need to let it, it has to warm up. The oil has been sitting there. The gas has been sitting there. It's all, all the parts have been dormant. You've got to let it warm up, right? And so you let that car warm up. That's what working out in the morning does. It helps you get the blood flowing, your body feels better. Uh, you can think more clearly. You get the endorphins going right out of the gate. Those endorphins are flying. The feel goods are flying right out of the gate. So number one, the workout for at least 20 minutes. I'm either at the gym. Now, usually for me, it's a 45 minute to an hour workout in the morning. Number two, I eat a solid meal that's either full of protein or fiber to get the system going, right? So for me, usually it's oatmeal with honey and bananas or some sort of fruit in the oatmeal. I know some of you health nuts are going to cringe when I say this, but usually there's some, there might be some eggs involved, okay? Because protein is like the 97 octane fuel for your body. And you want it to burn good stuff, right? If you've ever started a fire and you can, you can start a fire with paper or a cardboard box or something like that and use that as tinder, but we all know that the tinder burns quick. So I'm not going to throw in a donut, which is quick burn calories. And then I burn through it and then my body needs more energy. Not going to do that. Not going to feed on donut or bread or anything like that. I want fiber. I want protein. Did you know that in the 1800s and prior to the 1800s, they had almost 100 grams of fiber a day? They had some of the cleanest systems, I think, in all the history of humanity. But could you imagine waking up, having fiber, having protein, getting that, getting that high octane fuel in your system after you've worked out and your blood is flowing? It only makes sense. So I get up, I work out. I have a high quality meal that, that is high octane fuel for the body and is healthy. No breads in the morning. Doesn't happen. And then th number three, my next step is silent meditation and prayer. Once I've fired the engine up, I pull it back and I will even set a timer. When I first started doing this, I set a timer for five minutes because five minutes of silence is a long time. The temptation is not to look at your timer on your phone or whatever your, wherever your timer is at. <clears throat> but I sit in silence for no less than five minutes 
Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, depending on my morning. Here again, if I've got a very busy day and I've got to start getting stuff done, then my workout is probably closer to 20 minutes. My time of silence and prayer is five, 10 minutes. And so I sit in silent meditation and prayer. I'm not talking about transcendental meditation. I'm not talking about yoga. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about prayer and meditation and silence. I talk to God, God talks back to me. And then the next thing that I do is I read for 20 minutes. I'll spend 20 minutes reading. Always my Bible. I have a plan that I go through and I read my Bible. And depending on the plan for that day, I might get finished early or I might not. And then I have another book next to me that is either a spiritual book or is a book about how to implement certain things in my life to make it better. Again, I'm not reading for information. I'm not reading for reading's sake. I'm reading because there's something in the book that I can take and use in my life and begin to implement it to make me a better person. I'm not reading just for the sake of reading and just for the sake of information. There might be a time to do that, but if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know that we who are digging trenches together are reading for purpose and want to make a change. And so I read. That's number four. I read for 20 minutes, always the Bible, and then maybe another book. And I will sometimes write out what I discover, what I learn. I'll highlight my Bible, write in the side margins, etc. It's huge. It's huge. Number five, this is big. This number five is going to make you feel like a moron. But I'm going to tell you from experience, it's one of the most powerful things that happens in my morning. What is number five? Number five are verbal confessions. If you don't believe in the Bible, you're not a Christian, you'd call them affirmations, right? Confessions are affirmations. This is huge. This is huge, okay? Why? Why would I make a list of affirmations and say them out loud no less than five, five times for each affirmation? And believe them. And believe them. Why? Well, King Solomon said, Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. In other words, you are going to eat the fruit of your mouth and the words that you speak. If you're constantly downgrading yourself, belittling yourself, but you can't get ahead, I can tell you why you're not getting ahead. If you're speaking negatively all the time, you're speaking out self-doubt and venom about yourself, I can tell you why life seems like a struggle. It's your self-image and what you believe, Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And I'm here to tell you, most people have a negative self-image. They don't think they'll ever get ahead. They think everybody's against them. They think the government's against them. They think their neighbor's against them. And they talk like it. Look, little people talk about other people. Big people talk about dreams and ideas and goals. So are you a little person? When you're talking to somebody else, do you just talk about other people and their problems and all the problems? Or do you talk about dreams and visions and goals? This is one of the biggest things... When I enter into a one-on-one coaching relationship with people, this is one of the biggest hurdles right out of the gate. 
because that's one of the things that when you sign up to have me as your one-on-one coach, my job is to call out every self-defeating comment that you make or every self-defeating look that you give me in the Zoom or if it's a meeting face-to-face because we inherently beat ourselves up. This is why we need to be surrounded with people like in a mastermind that are going to build us up and not allow us to talk negative about ourselves. It's not okay because life and death is in the power of the tongue and you will eat its fruit. Okay. In fact, let me, let me actually, let me share this with you because this is what happens. I'm going to dive into this just for a minute. If you're not familiar with this, there's a thing out there called the batter Meinhof phenomenon, batter Meinhof phenomenon. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but this is what this phenomenon says. It basically says that you can train your brain to look for things and you will find it. In other words, what comes out of your mouth and what you hear with your own ears, you begin to find in the world. Let me give you an example. Have you ever been car shopping? You kind of get an idea of maybe I would like this particular truck with this color, uh, this brand of truck, um, or maybe I would like to have this type of vehicle and it needs to have uh, these things on it and be this color. Uh, I need a four-door vehicle, right? And you get specific. Uh, Let's say that you are looking for a truck and you know specifically that you want a Ford F-150 You want it to be black uh, with a red racing stripe. And you begin to look for it online. You begin to drive around to car lots. You're looking for a black F-150 with a red racing stripe. And suddenly, but it's not just any F-150, right? You're looking for something very specific. And the more you drive around town or go out, you begin to notice, where did all of these black F-150s with red racing stripes come from? I have never seen so many black F-150s with red racing stripes. That is known as the Batter-Meinhof phenomenon, where subconsciously your brain gets excited at the idea of having something new or something different. Your subconscious brain gets excited... And it begins to then pull it out. It's not that suddenly there are more F-150s that are black with red racing stripes on the road. Ford didn't suddenly begin making more of them. It's simply you have trained your brain to begin to look for it. Why? Because out of your mouth, you begin telling people, oh man, I'd really like this truck. I'd really like to look for this. I'd really like to find this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what happens? Your brain says, okay, this is what we want. Now we're going to find this. And then that leads to the second point of the Batter-Meinhof phenomenon. You end up with confirmation bias. You begin to agree with yourself, both subconsciously and and consciously, causing you to see it more often. This is why your morning confessions or your affirmations are so important. So I have a list of about 12 12 confessions that I confess out loud at least five times every morning. 
because I want to train my brain both consciously and subconsciously. Also, like the Bible says, the tongue has the power of life and death. You are going to partake and eat of what comes out of your mouth. See, we think that eating just means I put stuff in my mouth and it comes in. But no, eating is also what comes out. And you will eventually eat it and it will eventually happen. Let me give you an example. I began to confess. One of my confessions was I was believing God for, and I would say, I'm glad I was able to deposit that money so I could buy more stock. And I would say it as if it had already happened. I'm thankful that I was able to purchase more stock. Wow, that stock has really grown. I'm excited to be able to buy more stock. I'm excited to have more money on the side so I can just buy more stock and play the stock market on my own just for fun. And I said that, 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 and I said that. And And now you know what I'm doing? I've got money on the side, excess, that I just play the stock market with just for kicks and giggles to see what different stocks do, et cetera, et cetera. And it came to pass. It happened. Why? Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. It can happen. I'll give you another example. The confession before the extra money to play in the stock market was, I thank you that we are living our best life debt-free and we remain debt-free. Again, thank you for allowing us to live our best life debt-free. Or I might say it differently. It feels so good to be debt-free. You know what happened? We became debt-free. Why? Because I began to train my mind because I'm not only saying it with my mouth, but I'm also hearing my own voice with my own ears consciously say these things. And so what I'm here to tell you is the Bible is true. You will eat what you confess. So confessions rewire your brain to begin thinking like and begin to look for those things in your life. Your mind can be rewired. You can speak those things that are not as though they were, which is what the Bible says. Take the things that are not and begin to speak like they actually are. And I'm here to tell you, I'm living proof it works. I'm living proof that it works. So confessions are huge. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You're going to feel stupid when you do this for like the first month. In fact, I've, the, stu- the feeling stupid kind of started going away when I actually started seeing our debt suddenly greatly decreasing. When I realized after the debt was gone, oh my gosh, now I've got money to play the stock market on the side just for fun. Yes, we set money back for retirement, et cetera, et cetera. This is just fun money, right? It, your confessions, what comes out of your mouth matters. You speak into existence, into this world. Now, am I saying that if you say, I want a Cadillac, I want a, I want a Mercedes, I want a Mercedes, I want a Mercedes, and poof, the Mercedes is going to appear? No. This isn't some get rich quick, some magical thing. What I'm saying is, is that it works to rewire your brain. And I believe the 
Batter-Minhoff phenomenon begins to kick in in your mind and you begin to think like and begin to look for those things. Now, yes, you're going to feel stupid until suddenly one of them comes true. And then you're going to be like, oh my gosh. Right? So that's number five. Confessions or affirmations. Those will direct your life. You do that early in the morning. Number six. I write out every morning. I have a planner and I write out my key actions for the day. I write out my tasks. I write out what I'm thankful for and what I'm going to focus on for the day. Right? So, uh, oh, and I also write out my schedule for the day, my meetings that I'm going to meet with people and, and so on. So what are key actions that I write out? Well, the key actions are key actions for my 12-week goals. So I have goals for 12 weeks. And then I write out those key action steps that I need to take that day to accomplish my 12-week goals. What are tasks? Tasks are things I got to get done that day. I've got I've to mail something in. I've got to return an Amazon purchase. Those are just tasks that you do throughout your day. And so you have your key actions, which are attached to your goals for life. Then you have your tasks. And then I write out what I'm thankful for right? What am I going to focus on? Where's, where's my attitude of gratitude going to come from today? Sometimes it's my boys. Sometimes it's my wife. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's just that one of those affirmations or confessions have come true. Um, whatever that is. Sometimes it's just, I'm thankful for the weather, which seems really easy. I don't care if it's raining or, or the sun's out or it's snowing. I'm grateful that the weather allows us to be alive and live on this planet, right? And then I write out my meetings, who I got to talk to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I sit down and I write out in a planner. That's step number six. I think that's pretty obvious. And then the last thing that I do every morning before I get rolling is I visualize my day. I close my eyes and I picture myself. I go through my day that I've just written out, things I've got to get done, the emails I've got to respond to, all of that, I close my eyes and I picture myself. I picture myself driving to a meeting. And when I close my eyes, I picture myself not only driving to the meeting, but what am I listening to on the radio? Which road am I taking? I just close my eyes and I think about this. And I picture myself doing it and doing it happily, being happy that I have the opportunity to do this. I visualize myself, that email that I don't want, you go, oh, I don't want to respond to this email. Yeah, that email you don't want to respond to, I picture myself being happy at the opportunity to be able to respond to it and how I might word it. And I visualize that. I picture myself being excited about learning. I picture myself um, being excited to be able to listen to different people throughout the day. I've got a meeting after I record this podcast. I'm going to a meeting and I've already sat and I've pictured myself driving to that meeting and I've pictured myself sitting in that meeting. Now, I don't assume what the conversation is going to be. But I do picture myself giving wise, solid advice and an open ear and listening before I respond. I picture myself doing that. So what are those seven things that we can do to get a handle on our day? Now, Tyson, you say, Tyson, that seems like a lot. I can tell you I get this done in like an hour and a half, okay, or less, depending on the day. So number one, what do we do? Number one, you get up and you work out for no less than 20 minutes and you get that heart rate up and you get the blood flowing. Number two, 
you get yourself a quick, solid meal full of either fiber or protein. Number three, silent meditation and prayer. Number four, you read for 20 minutes. Number five, you have your confessions or your affirmations. Number six, write out your key actions, your tasks, the things that you're thankful for and your meetings that you have for that day. And then number seven, visualize. Picture yourself going through that day and visualize yourself doing it and you're happy about it. You're not going to feel happy. Certainly, if you've got things in your day you don't want to do, you're not going to feel happy, but you picture yourself being happy in the moment anyway. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to face that thing much better. So let me go through those seven things one last time. You work out, you eat a solid meal, you silent meditation, you read, you have your confessions, you write out your key actions, tasks, what you're thankful for in the meetings you have that day. And then number seven, finally, you visualize yourself going through the day. That's it. Get hustling. Get up early. Personally, I get up at 4 a.m. and I begin to make it all happen. Why? Because I don't need to waste two hours watching TV or I don't need to waste an hour watching TV. I can tell you this, uh, if you choose 4 a.m. or whatever, if if it's 5 or 6 or whatever time you choose to get up, I'm going to tell you this. It took me two weeks to adjust. The first two weeks, the first day was, the first week, yeah, at least the first week was brutal getting up. Did I fall asleep sitting down to to meditate? I did. You know what happened two weeks later though? After two weeks, my body was like, okay, here we go. Time to get up. And then by a month, after a month of doing it, my body was just waking up like, Hey dude, it's four o'clock. Get up. Let's roll. And now people laugh at me when I say, yeah, it's the weekend. I got up at, I got up at five 30. I slept in for an hour and a half. <laughs> I mean, you're probably laughing at me right now. That's okay. Again, it's about hustling and getting after it and making the most of your life because you've only got one life to live. Get after it. I want to share uh, with you someone that I had the opportunity to coach. This was some of the feedback I got uh, from this individual. It was a coaching session with Tyson, which led me to achieve what I believe to be an impossible feat. Because of him, I was able to go to the United Kingdom and live as a local. I was able to shop attend church, meet new people, and more. This ex- this ex- extended trip was a dream come true. I will never, or I'm sorry, I will forever be grateful for Tyson and his coaching. Thank you, Solette, for that comment. I appreciate that. Listen, if you've got a big goal, Solette's goal was to take extended trips to the United Kingdom and just live there and then come back and live here in the States and then go over to the UK and live and then live here in the States. And you're like, well, I can't do that. It's just too much money. Maybe that's not your dream. She thought it was impossible. She thought I'd love to do this someday, but I can't do it. I was able to help her. I was able to come alongside her, powerfully serve her and help her live her dream to live both in the United States and in the United Kingdom. And I just want to encourage you, if you need a coach to help you achieve your dreams, I'm here for you. I'm going to dig that trench. We're going to get that thing done. Listen, if you'd like to go farther and get help to fight harder, take me up on that free complimentary one-on-one coaching session. Tyson at TysonPriest.com. Listen, until next time, own it.